0: y'all time to come on back the question is am i southern i was born in texas grew up here but lived in missouri for a decade but my parents are from the south so y'all is a very common word um Amen. I'm going to share with you tonight, and uh, I just want to open up with some prayer. Thank you, Russ Spokler. I I was trying to avoid that, but thank you. (laughs) That's why I had nobody introduce me because (laughs) I was like, oh, holy cow. Ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. I'm going to pray for you guys now. That's what I'm going to pray for. (laughs) Let's pray. Uh, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we need you. We need your presence in this building. We need your presence in us. And your presence is here. We need to connect with your presence. <laughs> That's what we need. So I'm praying, God, give us tenderized hearts. Give us softened and tenderized hearts tonight. A common prayer in this house, but we we pray it all the time because we need that. Give us tenderized and softened hearts tonight to hear what you've got to say. And we ask, God, that you speak tonight. Speak to hearts, God. And do what only you can do. Thank you, God. Amen. Uh, I, I just, I have to give props to our snaps or whatever they call it. kudos to fall. Welcome fall. fall. Welcome autumn. <clears throat> For many, not a favorite, uh, season, but it's my favorite. So I had to say something about it. I'll tell you why it's my favorite. Um, I love it, well, it's it's especially my favorite when we did live in Missouri because all the trees and there's many of them are you know turn like a blast of color, and then there it's it gets cool. Believe it in September, it starts cooling down, and October is super crisp and cool here. October, some days are like a hundred, some days sixty five. It's weird here, but um, but I love that cool, crisp feeling. And I love, uh, you know, pumpkin stuff and all the pumpkins and all the decorations for it. And um, But I love what it starts to do as far as bring people together. I, I love that feeling. Um, and I'll say something about this. Uh, when I was a teenager, um, I would get depressed every time fall came. <clears throat> and um, is there anyone else who's ever been that way about and and I because I would focus on the fact that things are dying um I've always loved planting things it's one of my favorite things to do and all the things that I planted are starting to die and uh but there was there was a kind of a quietness that would come that would make me feel kind of sad and I connected with that sadness more than I should have and my birthday is October. And by the time my birthday would come, I, I would be like, dang, can we just get Christmas here so Joy can come back? Um, but the older I got, God spoke to me about, check out what's going on in the seasons. You're going to connect with this. So it used to be my least favorite. Now it's my very favorite. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and part of that, as far as the quiet part, you know, is um, learning how to embrace loneliness. Or or lonely feelings or quiet feelings, um, this is not what I'm preaching about. But I just feel to say this, <clears throat> um, a lot of people struggle with that. You know, I really need someone around me all the time. But God God would tell me, "Hey, take this quiet and actually really learn how to um, to connect with me." And that's that was where I was like, "Well, I I, I do. I love you. I do connect with you." And Toddy, learn how to. Um, listen to your own self, learn how to be alone with your own self. That was my big problem. I didn't want to be alone with me. Uh, and that's where he um, taught me how to to really um, embrace that time uh, as a time with him and to hear his heart about me. Does that make sense? So now I love it. Now I love it. Now I love solitude. Now I love quietness the most... Um, I'm definitely an introvert as far as my energy comes from being by myself. Uh, some people are extroverts where it's the other way around. But man, I'm that way. And um, I have no idea why I'm saying all these things. I was just wanting to say, welcome fall. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> welcome fall. Amen. Um Yeah. You know, I, I really know that God wants to say a particular theme to you tonight, um, beyond myself. Um, and this is how I know it. I had, when, when pastor Brent asked if we, if I could preach on this particular date, it was, you know, it was a couple months back. And so we do our planning and when um in this church you know some churches have a series going on week after week you know like let's walk through romans romans and um but sometimes for us we we uh we like to have different voices and so when they say your voice is going to be 2 months from now on that n- night you think oh what am i going to preach about i get one shot you know <laughs> and so um so I started talking to the Lord about that. What What do you want? What do you want? And five different themes came up in me. And I'm going, do I do all five in one night? Do I? What do I do? But one of them is something that I mention all the time up in this place. And so I thought, not that one. You know, not that one. And um, so as I was uh, trying to narrow it down with the Lord, as I'm trying to spend time with him, listening to him about it, um, this one theme that I said not that one about, the back burner one, kept coming to the front until um, even, even still in last week. I was still wanting to put that one in the back burner. And then God really, really just blasted it into me, spoke to me. This is what you need to talk about. And I thought, okay. And I already said, okay. But right after that, I got him. I was at the gym when he told me this, you know. And I get in my car after the gym, and and I I wanted to hear some music, and suddenly I craved to hear some old old music from IHOP that I haven't listened to for a long time. That's the International House of Prayer, friends. In case you're listening to this, and you're like, he's listening to pancake music. What is that? <laughs> I put on an album I haven't heard probably in three years, and um, and and I was like, oh yeah, the music came on. And then this prayer leader gets on and the first thing he says is the theme of tonight's message. And I went, oh, wow! So, God wants me to talk to you about the tenderized and softened heart tonight. Um, So, I don't really actually preach about it all the time. I just pray it. If you've noticed, every meeting or every worship service I start with praying for us to have a tenderized and softened heart. The youth group, the teenage youth group, and our Thursday night young adults group that meets at our house—they all hear it too, because that's how I start most meetings. And here's the reason why: because we really, really need that. We really, really need that. I'm going to do my best to explain some things about why that is and what the heart actually is. Um, but I'm going to try to—I'm going to make a really bold statement tonight to you. It's actually not a statement. I'm going to—I'm going to put out a what if question. How would you feel if I stood up here and started this by saying, all of you have hard hearts? Do you feel defensive? Yeah? Anyone else? (laughs) You all have hard hearts. Well, let's go home. Good night. God bless you. I asked that question and tried to make it humorous because the truth is every single one of us are very susceptible on a daily basis to getting a hard, hardness in our hearts. It's really true. And almost everyone I've ever known, uh, or heard of or have seen it, their behavior longer than one day, I've, I know that that's happened you know it's the case and we have many reasons why this is the case i'm going to talk about some of these things maybe fred rogers didn't have that i don't know you got to watch you got to watch won't you be my neighbor fred anyone seen that movie oh oh people <laughs> maybe we should watch that for church one night i'm serious it's it will preach it will preach the man I'm just, I'm blessed to know, to say that I grew up watching Mr. Rogers. And and after watching that documentary, I was like, wow, thank you, Jesus, for letting me see him, you know? Um, But he had such a kind heart. Every one of us are susceptible to getting hardness in our heart on a daily basis. Um, Myself included, and in my own mind, what I know about my inner world, myself the most. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, I know what goes on in here, and so I, in my mind, I think myself more than any of you, you know, are, are susceptible of, to getting hardness in my heart. Um, as I was contemplating all this, um, this is one of my favorite things to pray, is tenderize my heart, God. And I know it's because I have a tendency to, to let hardness come back on my heart, um, but, uh, and so I need that prayer for myself all the time. Uh, if you're a worship leader, you need to pray that prayer over your heart before leading people into worship, and you definitely need to be a worshipper before leading worship. Um, but <laughs> by the way, uh, <laughs> um, uh, but it's it's a very valid prayer, and I think it's something that we all need to pray. Not only every morning, but several times a day. Just declare over yourself. Just say it. God, tenderize and soften my heart. Um, so as I was contemplating this, I thought, I think I'm going to take one day. Um, this is several days back. I'm going to take one day, and I'm going to try to mark down every time something hits me that, that, has, that normally will cause hardness to come onto my heart. And I won't bore you with this list, but oh, wow, wow! I I was shocked. I I I, I knew there was going to be a lot of things. I knew it because I I'm, I'm pretty aware on a daily basis. But when I decided I'm going to concentrate on the things that kind of come my way and hit me, or the things that I think in my mind that that do that little gripping and put like an edge on my heart, I was shocked, you guys. I mean, a lot, okay? I mean, a whole lot. <laughs> a whole lot. In fact, I would say to you, give this a try. It's very fascinating. It can be depressing, but just get your heart softened at the end of it and you'll be fine. <laughs> do it with the Holy Spirit because then he'll point out things. And that's why I wanted to tell you that I did this. I, I, I wanted his input on this. And so I asked him, can you do this with me? Because I knew if I did it, Without inviting him into it, it could be really scary and I could get pretty depressed about this, you know, and think, wow, I am a tyrant, you know, I mean, <laughs> um, uh, but he did. He, he came along on this little journey that one day with me and, um, it was pretty fascinating to get his input on it and to, and to see and, and invite him to help me catch times. You know like, can I catch it before that actually starts to you know hit me and uh and he did, he helped me with it, but it really caused me to to realize, man, we need the tender heart of God so desperately, we need it so bad. Um, but I do want to say this um, before I keep saying that fact, <laughs> uh, there's no shame about this for any of us. Here's an interesting thing. When Jesus was here, and he talked about our heart condition a lot when he was here, um, the world was in a very, very different place at that point. We are bombarded almost by the minute now with things that nobody back there had, you know, coming at their heart. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you have social media and you like it. Um, you're going to have things constantly on that that will tempt your heart, that will that will that will threaten hardness to come onto your heart. You know, um, but all the stress of the day, the way people's schedules are now, you know, the expectations on us, the expectations on us to know things that nobody even knew back then. You know, the the just yeah, it's it's insane if you really think of how crazy it is now compared to then. And yet we have the same Holy Spirit. We have the same Jesus who knows this, the the way that it is now. And is saying, my message is the same though. And I can help you in, in your lifestyle today, you know? And this is, of course, there's no message I will ever preach or speak here or anywhere that Intimacy with God doesn't come into play. Alone time with God doesn't come into play. This is a huge factor um, in every single message we ever preach, unless we're preaching something that's not the Bible, really, you know, because that's, that's where, that's where we're going to get our heart tenderized and fostered. Um, so I just, I wanted to read, uh, well, I'm, I wanted, I want to describe what the heart actually is for one thing, because I think most of us probably are aware of this, but we we usually tend to think uh, forget about this, and this is a really good thing to keep in mind. Um, I was also aware of this, but when I was studying this, i thought man this this is something I never want to forget about what the heart actually is. There is definitely a bleeding vessel inside of your chest, and uh, that thing is. Vital, obviously, because without it, we ain't gonna be here. <laughs> um, but when the Bible's talking about our heart, it's not just talking about one single portion of your body. It's talking about your entire core. It's talking about everything. In fact, we, um, we do like to separate, like, the flesh. We call the flesh and the spirit and everything. But actually, if you're operating with your whole heart, it's, ev- it's all of it. Even your flesh. Even your flesh. Because your flesh is actually supposed to submit to your heart. It really is. Uh, So so I wanted to read a little bit about what that is. The heart deserves extra attention because of its mental role in human life. The location of the heart. To understand the, the location is important to keep in mind... Uh, that a person functions as a unit. The whole person functions as a unit. If we over-compartmentalize human nature into spirit, soul, and body, then uh, we try to locate the heart in only one compartment. Okay? But in actuality, it is spirit, soul, and body. It's the whole thing, is the heart. That's what the Bible is talking about um, when it talks about our heart. So... When when we talk about a tenderized heart, we're talking about our whole self. We're talking about this whole container, this whole thing that contains the fruit of the spirit. One of them being kindness, and kindness and a tender heart go like this together. You know, they walk hands hand in hand. Um, i i i want to I like to give you uh, materials if you like, you know, some fun things to read. Um, I got this. This that I just read to you about the heart, there's actually a whole lot more, and I'm going to read a little bit more to you. But um, it's out of this book, The Systematic Theology for the New Apostolic Reformation. I know, just to say that title is like reading a book. The Exposition of the Father-Son Theology. This thing is really, really good. And uh, and I just paper-cut myself. And um, it's really, really good. And... Um, and I wanted to see if there's something cool about the heart in this. And I, you see how big, thick this book is, right? I opened it up the other day and just thought, okay, let me start. And I, I fell right on this place that says, um, the heart of a person. <laughs> so I just thought, thank you, Jesus, for helping me find this so fast. I wanted to read a little bit more from it, though. Um, as you can see I'm wearing glasses and they're fair I had glasses before I tried not wearing them and now these are new ones with a stronger prescription uh but I drew, I wrote all this bigger for myself to read so I could actually read it to you um more than an organ pumping in our chest the greek word for heart is cardia which means the core or center that's the greek word for the heart According to Hebrewic uh, biblical thought, the heart is the most central part of a person's being, governing a person's entire life. I'm going to read that part again. Um, the heart is the most central part of a person's being, governing governing a person's entire life. If you think of it that way, then you're going to remember. Oh yeah, I'm going to call out <laughs> for a tenderized heart. I'm going to see to it that I tend to my heart um, because it's it's the central to your whole life. And it's actually from from where you speak from. It's actually from where you act from, and and how you bless. It comes from your core, from your heart. Uh, here's a cool scripture from Proverbs 23 which tells us to watch over your heart with all diligence. In other words, stay on top of it. Don't get lax with this. And this is one of those things he's doing with me, you know, is don't get lax with it. Don't don't let many days go by where you just let it get really hard. You know, watch over your heart with all the diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. And just like blood flows from the physical heart, The springs of life flow from this heart of us. Um, Yeah, and and so we want them to be refreshing springs, not only for us, but for other people, right? Yeah. Um, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Ooh. (laughs) Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Another good reason... To get your heart tenderized. Um, I did. I've got some other scriptures I'm going to read in a little bit. But I just wanted to go down a few things. There's actually thousands of things that can harden our heart. And I wanted to actually go over just a few things. Just so that we could hear them in our ear. And when they arise, we'll be like, oh yeah, that. I ain't letting that. I ain't letting that getting in here. First and foremost is Sin. I mean, sin just does it to us, especially when we let sin get root, you know, and I think the last time I talked, I, I mentioned sin a little bit and it's not a word that we like, but it's an actual fact of life that we um, encounter sin. And and really, if you just, you don't have to think of it as this, as all the things you know about sin and like, oh, that big word on me, just think of it as you, me. Um, forgetting who we are and straying away from that truth for a second. And God saying, come back up here. Come back up here. I mean, that's repentance. Come back up here to the penthouse. Come back up here. You forgot who you are. That's what sin is. You know, it just kind of distracts. It's like a shield in front of us. But many times we will allow sin to become habitual, get its roots. In, and when it does, it puts a shield over our heart. It really does. It makes our heart hard. Then, if the heart truly is the core of us, we can't determine things correctly. You know, we can't even, we can't even, um, allow wisdom to have its full way in us if we've got big shields over our heart, because it's our whole self. It's our whole core. Is that making sense? Okay. Thank you. Um, so, uh, so I, I know we know that too, but, um, here's one. I wrote this one down because this one is a biggie for me is a huge one for me, which is people. i not getting your heart, <laughs> people not understanding your heart, misrepresenting you, false accusation, um, mis- misunderstanding you and misrepresenting you out there too. Um, uh, for myself personally, that's, that's one of the biggest ones for me. And it seems like every point of my life, there's always been at least one person out there who does not get my heart and, um, who, who, who it's like, they refuse to see how I really am and decides to go out there and say it to people, you know? And, um, and man, that one gets to me. Cause I think I am the nicest guy. You know, especially if it's someone you have done a lot for, for years or whatever, and they still, because of their own, you know, hardness of their heart maybe, or, or their own I'm hurt, uh, just cannot see your heart rightly. And they pick you sometimes to be the center of their stony heart. You know, like, I'm going to pick Todd to be the center, you know, the, the, where the darts go, you know. And sometimes everyone else doesn't get that, you know, from the same person and you watch this happen. Like everyone thinks they're so sweet, but they don't know what I know, you know. <laughs> and I confess that I have done this many times where I've thought these thoughts long enough that it's made my heart not bouncy anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just really hard. And then, I come before the throne and I'm like, why am I having a hard time feeling these emotions about you, God? Why? You know? Uh, And then he'll say, oh, your heart's been getting hard lately, you know? Because you need to take care of that thing. Um, So for me, that's a hard one. Anyone else? Am I alone? Okay. Hey, hey, hey. Woo! Yeah. Religious stuff. I wrote that down. Religious stuff. Uh, can really make your heart hard. Whether you are caught in religion, your own self, or you're observing it and what it's doing to other people, it can make your heart really hard. And I know for myself, I wrote that one down because for me, that's another one of the big ones. That's another when, And I mean, Facebook, oh, uh about five or six years ago that there was a lot of religious debate going on between Christians that I knew, like, that were in my world. Some over here, some over here, and some right over here. And I was watching this, just fighting and debating going on over things, um, over Scripture and over the cross. And oh my gosh, it made me so sad that it made me mad. And um, <laughs> And uh, and what even made me more mad is the, the point that I just made just now, the other one, about pe- people misleading you, misrepresenting you. Some of those people over here thought that I was way over there and put me in a camp. And some of those people over here put me way over there and thought that I was in that camp and talked to me and about me in that way. And I thought, how you? How dare you? You know, how dare you? So now my heart is getting hard in, in two different, from two different sources, you know? But, um, to this day, when I see, you know, religious stuff, it, let me explain this to you, especially if you're listening by podcast and you don't know what I mean by religion. Um, cause you might be saying, well, what are you talking about? You're in a church, you're religious. What I'm talking about, about religion is the man made stuff that we come up with. Uh, the rules and regulations, the things that God never even did say that people hold other people to. The cruel things, the boring things. <laughs> you know, that, um, that aren't even really God's heart. That, um, that uh, other religions and a lot of Christianity does to people. Um, that's what I'm talking about. And so that kind of stuff will, will, will cause your, your heart to be hardened. Um, so the answer to that one? it's time with Jesus time alone with Jesus if we're hanging out with God the one everyone's fighting about um, he'll he'll be like actually this is how I am right here you know <laughs> and you won't have to look over there or look over there just look this way you know that's the answer to that one um, and trust me Jesus dealt with this also you know and I don't believe his heart got hard, but I know that he did stand up, and he said, "You brood of vipers!" To them, to the Pharisees and Sadducees, you know, they were pretty sad. You see, <laughs> it's <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> because of religion. <laughs> I mean, but they were the the religious leaders were the ones who put Jesus on the cross. They were so hardened in their heart by a religion that they couldn't even recognize Jesus. And that's the same thing that still happens to us right now. It really does. Um, I put down here, uh, for, oh, this is another personal one for me. Threats to my alone time with God. <laughs> yeah. Threats to my alone time with God. I'm supposed to go spend time with God. And now this happened. Dang it. You know, and all of a sudden I, I can get a stony heart from that. And God's like, Hey, just deal with the thing. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, we'll do this later, but that falls in the same category. I'm confessing a lot of my faults to you tonight. Hey, praise God. <laughs> um, uh, of that whole thing. I, I love to, I, I want people to know me as a chill person who can roll with the punches And you know, and just go with anything. And in some regards, I do that. But when I have a plan, especially like I have a plan for this day, or for this group, you know, and this plan has got to happen because this, 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 and it's going to fall in line. And ooh, that looks good, and that's going to be perfect. And then something comes and messes that plan up. Um, That's one of that's one of those things that I could I. I have to say, I, I believe I've come a long way in. I think I've, I've come a long way. Thank you, Jesus. I will admit that. Um, but man, there was a day where I was like, oh, you know, and then forcing, you know what I mean? And then you force that fake smile so everyone thinks that you're not stony, you know? Yeah, that's one of those. And God, God has always been there to say, Hey, it's going to work. I'm the, I'm in charge of time, you know? And as we've seen in meetings that we do, um, you know, those are some of the best times, by the way, especially when God interrupts those plans. I actually don't get mad about that anymore. I, You know, I'm just like, go ahead and do what you want to do, because it turns out to be an incredible time. Um, this one is going to be an ouchie for myself and for probably several of you in this room and those of you li- listening on the iPod, pad, pod, I. What do you call it? Podcast. Podcast. Um, taking in entertainment where we're being entertained by other people's hard hearts. Like reality shows? <laughs> hey, I, I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, this is I, all honesty here, okay? One of, I'm not a massive TV watcher, but I have some shows. And one of them that I really like is um, Project Runway. I like Project Runway. Okay. I'm straight, but I like Project Runway. For real. Um, because I, I love the art of making clothes. I like clothes. I think, you know, I've always kind of liked fashion. I used to go to fashion shows. In fact, I was in some. And, um, I was, I was. Side note, I, I was, I was in a modeling thing and I, I used to do the catwalk in the middle of our, the hilltop mall. (laughs) Enrichment. <laughs> and that was in the 80s back when the frozen mannequin thing was in. And um, so, yes, I posed in some windows of stores like, you know, they make you uh, for as long as you can. And, but then your friends hear about it and they come and stand in front of the window and they're like, ah, ah, you know, trying to, <laughs> that. Yeah. Anyway, um, what was I? Oh, Project Runway. Yeah. Um, this is not about me. Uh, but, uh, so project runway, uh, you know, I love it because the artistic stuff, I love it when they say, you know, this week you're all going to make an outfit out of stuff you find in the pet store. You know, I love that. It's so fun. Uh, but definitely there is fighting going on between the people in the design room. Fighting going on, there's always some kind of drama. I know that they pick people who are extra dramatic for these shows, you know. Um, but I I I know this, that if we consume ourselves with watching other people do that kind of stuff, um, just constantly taking in, if, especially if we're a couch potato and we watch that all day long, it's going to do the same thing to our heart. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And what we take in, we produce you know, um, I'm not rebuking any body or whatever. That's why I confessed about my liking to watch Project Runway. So, um, but it just, it just does, you know, the more we stay away from stuff like that, the more uh, easy it is to keep our heart free and clear. Um, injustice, injustice, which can also go along with, you know, people misrepresenting you and such, but injustice we should not like injust, you know, injustice. We shouldn't. But we can let it stew inside of us in such a way where we become God. And so we try to take care of the injustice inside of our hearts itself instead of coming to God with it and being like, God, you see this? You see this thing? Let's, let's pray for this together. Or let's take every, you know, and so instead we go out and try to, you know, make the injustice just without God, and then our hearts get really hard. Does this making sense? Okay. Um, yeah. For instance, bombing, you know, abortion clinics. That's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, um, that that is a good example. I mean, that's a massive example, but of, you know, seeing an injustice, and rightly so, and not liking it, but trying to take it in your own hands without God's heart on it, you know. Um, uh, small beginnings. That's a hard one for some people, you know, especially when you're in one for many years, you know, um, Corinne and I are are opening up a, a ministry called refuge, uh, here in town for, for, uh, college age folks and high schoolers. And it's going to be an ongoing open place. And, um, and, and in a way it's going to be a, a church of its own for them. Um, but we've been in the process of doing this for about a decade. And um, now things are ramping up. We just got a 501, all that kind of thing. But there are many days we're still, you know, we're, we're still in those beginning stages where I get so discouraged that I have threat of hardness on my heart. And then when somebody comes by and says, well, Todd, just don't despise the day of small beginnings. And I'm like, thank you for that encouragement, even though I've been in one for 10 years, you know. <laughs> but that can that can do that to us but that's where the, all of this all of this we just need to operate with the lord here's the last one on on my list my list of what could be a thousand things ministry <laughs> trust me after i say this i'm going to go on the upside of things okay um, ministry can harden your heart How can that be? How can that be? (laughs) I met a very famous preacher who had a gigantic famous scandal. Uh, It was awful. And um, the scandal brought his ministry down and caused other preachers to say, I knew it, you know, or can't believe it. The very thing you used to preach against, you did, you know, it was in the news. It was a big deal. And, uh, I was up at Bethel one day and I got to sit right next to this guy. And I was like, wow, what are you, hi, what are you doing here? You know, and he said, Bethel's trying to help restore me. His wife was there. And, um, he told me the tale of how ministry got so big that God wasn't really in it. It was just ministry. You know, I mean, he, his alone time with God got snuffed away because of his busy schedule with ministry. And it did something To him and it blinded him. It blinded his heart. Is that making sense? Yeah. Um, ministry is awesome. Um, first of all, I believe all of you are in ministry right now because you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. So wherever you go, you're bringing him with you, you know? It's just up to us to how much we want to let that activate, right? But I'm talking about, you know, what people think about is like being behind a, I was going to call it a pulpit, but a music stand <laughs> or behind the keyboard or, you know, um, on the mission field out there um, d- doing something like that. It's tough stuff. It's extremely rewarding. The rewards are bigger than the tough stuff, but it is tough stuff. And most of it nobody else knows about. You know, I mean, you're, you, you're dealing with things you can't tell anyone else about. And, and they might see you on a day that you're, you just dealt with it, you know, and they're like, well, Todd's short with me today. You know, when you just help someone, um, decide not to commit suicide, you know, um, things that are pretty heavy and hard. Um, but especially because in, in this type of ministry, you do get one of those four first points. You get people that just have, unrealistic expectations on you and hold you to it. And when you tell them, I can't do that, well, and madness comes and you get emails, you know. And um, that stuff can really cause a person to get a hard heart. You've got to spend time. If you're in ministry like this, you, you, you've got to just make sure that that's your main job description is spending time with God, is getting your heart softened every single day. Praise God, the pastor of this church, Brent Locker, he's he's an amazing guy. And when when he first hired me to work for Blazing Fire, I was downright shocked at the at the job description he wrote out for me because the number it had a list of things. The number 1 was time alone with God. And I said, "Are are you really?" He goes, "Yes, you have to do that. You have to that's your main job description." And I said, Wow. Okay. Um, I said, I think I actually have a tendency to feel guilty if I take that time away from these other chores. He said, no, 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 no. That's your main job description because if you don't do that, I won't have the real Todd as my employee. Woo. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and to this, and that's been quite a few years ago and to this day, the busyness comes and I still, Struggle with those thoughts of, okay, I'll do that last and take care of the things that need to be taken care of. And I get reminded, oh, yeah, that's that's got to be the first thing. Or I can't do those tasks with a soft heart. Um, oh, um, I want to share with you one of my favorite scriptures. I love this scripture. Um, this came from... Um, this comes from Psalms eighty-six, eleven. I'm going to read it actually in three different versions. Uh, but if you do, if you ever lift, listen to IHOP music from Kansas City, um, especially the the kind of the daily stuff that goes on in the prayer room, you'll hear a lot of phrases repeated over and over again because they're singing spontaneously a lot, and 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 they'll get on a phrase, and the whole room, everyone there that's there, can start singing it. So they'll repeat phrases over and over. And I have a I have a lot of recorded of this um, stuff. And um there's this track I used to listen to all the time. And uh I that track the it was so anointed that it got deep inside of me. And they were just simply singing, Unite my heart to fear you, unite my heart to fear you, unite my heart to fear you and it's the way they sang it, the way oh, it did something to my heart. But I remember at when I was first heard it, I thought I'm not sure I've heard that scripture before. What that means? So I started to research it. It's Psalm eighty six eleven. I'm going to first read it in New King James. It says, "Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name." In the message, train me, God. To walk straight, then I'll follow your true path. Put me together, one heart, one mind, then undivided, I'll worship in joyful fear. Oh, and here's the passion. Teach me more about you, how you work and how you move so that I can walk onward in truth until everything within me brings honor to your name. We have a heart sync ministry here. um, That Susan and Russ um, are the head of, and um, and it's about pulling together those parts of your heart. And ladies and gentlemen, yes, we do have parts. We just do at times. Something happens to us at a certain time of our life. We put up a little bit of a shield. We move on, and sometimes. We go back into that unprotected part until we we get things united inside in our heart um, we 're not all golem i 'm not saying that don 't hear that okay <laughs> um, but but we have it 's just something that happens to every human being, and our heart gets all over the place and so this passage is literally talking about getting all that together in one focus unite my heart. So over the years since that song from IHOP, I've loved that scripture and I try to quote it over myself daily. Unite my heart to fear you. And if anyone needs an explanation on the word fear, just by the way, that's not like a scary, scary fear. It means an utter awe of God is what it means. It means I'm so much smaller than God. You can have me because you're so mighty. Um, that's what that fear means. Unite my heart to fear you. And uh, and I will bring honor to your name. Isn't that good? You can confess that over your heart. You can take Psalm eighty six eleven, and you can get up in the morning and say, "Hey heart, you're going to be united to fear the Lord today. You're going to stand in awe of the Lord today." Hey heart, and I you know I'm putting my heart my hand right here because that's what we always did when we pledged allegiance and everything. But actually, hey heart. <laughs> Hey, core. Hey, everything. Um, You're going to get united and look unto the Lord. You know, you can think of it like this. Just like I was talking about those, the people fighting over here and over here, you know, and uh, fighting over scripture or whatever else. um, When they should all be looking up here, you know, and then they won't be looking at each other, but up here. Uh, at him it's like that inside of here it's the same thing going on on the inside does that calculate yeah. it really is um, so that's a, a beautiful brilliant psalm right there unite my heart to fear you that I may honor you the right way it's incredible um, uh, I will say um, God uh, God God talked to the Israelites back way back in Ezekiel and he said to them, um, that he was going to get rid of their stony heart and replace it with a heart of flesh. Yeah. Now that story, I mean, he was literally talking to a people group that had walked away from him and said, I'm going to do my own thing right now. I'm going to rebel. And when they did, their heart got really hard. So he couldn't continue to do what he needed to do, you know, in them. And, and when, when somebody cried out to him, he said, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get rid of this stony heart. Just come to me. And he goes on in that passage to, uh, to say, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. And his judgments are love by the way. Uh, so it's, it's it's a good thing but it's in the old testament it's in the new testament this is an always thing because everyone has a core right amen and everyone lives in the world that threatens the heart all the time um so i said out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks that's matthew 12:34 or luke 6:45 uh, um Let's tend to that garden in our heart so that everything that comes up out of our mouth is as of the Lord, the way he would talk. It would be a blessing instead of a curse, you know? Um, everything that comes up out of our mouth to other people will be out of a, a whole heart, a heart that's united and fears the Lord. Imagine that. If we all did that, we'd be blessing each other all the time. Nobody would feel torn down by another person. Nobody would gossip anymore, you know, and everybody would start seeing each other even more rightly. Amen. Hey, there we go. <laughs> You're still a charismatic church. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, so some of the, some remedies, you know, um, we've talked about a couple of them, but I just want to throw a couple of, of them out here. Um, Being humble before God, being humble, having humility is a remedy to a stony heart. Always putting him first above everything else. We definitely need confidence. We need boldness and we need confidence, but we need humility. We, he, he himself said it in Matthew five. He talked about, uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit. They're going to see God. That means that we always are in a position of knowing that we are in need of him. And we're not all that, but he thinks we're all that. And so we might as well just keep looking at him while he's thinking we're all that. So we won't get a side of him and think we're all that and start becoming arrogant and get a stony heart. Because you can't see when you get arrogant. You just can't. But humility, he loves humility. He loves it. He loves it. One, I, anyone here read... Um, oh, what was that book called? Uh, the Final Quest by Rick... No. Rick Joyner. Yes. Incredible book. It was like it's an analogy, analogy, a, a, a vision that Rick Joyner had. And um, it, it was amazing. And in this, you know, the people of the Lord are, are coming up the mountain of the Lord. It talks about all these different levels. But when he got up to the top of the mountain of the Lord... Being that being paradise Heaven with the God, um, he was walking by, and he was he was wearing a raggedy old rag, <laughs> you know, like a poncho or something, and it just had holes in it, it was raggedy, and he was walking by, and angels kept bowing down when he was walking by, and they were like, he was like, "What is going on right now that angels, these beautiful beings are bowing down when I walk by?" And he asked God that, and God said, because you're wearing humility. It's highly honored here. And humility will remove the stony part from our heart and tenderize our heart again. Part of what I was saying earlier when I wasn't preaching this message, talking about embracing loneliness or quietness or just aloneness, um, there's, some, there's some really good nuggets in just embracing some pain. I don't mean like bringing on, you know, inviting pain all the time. Like, come on, come on, hit me, hit me now. I'm talking about when things are going to hit you and not trying to get medicated with someone else, with something else, with food, with alcohol, with, you know, a mindset, whatever, except God's mindset. Um, but embrace the pain and let, let what it can do with God um, tenderize your heart. I looked up. I was like, I, I thought, hey, um, let me see if I still have this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How do you tenderize meat? I looked it up and, and in How, and it says, beat it. <laughs> Pounding meat with a mallet and, uh, is a surprisingly effective way to tenderize it. And then it goes on to talk about the mallet that's got the little ridges in it, like the, a, hurt, a more painful mallet than just a flat mallet. Um, And I thought, oh, wow, God. <laughs> so when I'm saying tenderize my heart, <laughs> am I asking for that? You know, and um, I really did. I, I asked him that once and he said, nope, but the things that do this to you in life, if you're with me, if you're hanging out with me, you submit to me, submit these things to me. I, that's what that's going to do to your heart. These tough times. And we all know that's true, you know what doesn't kill you makes you stronger you know that song um, <laughs> it's actually a cliche now but it's really the truth you know and he is the one to walk through uh, with us through these things of course we can have some close people that truly do see us rightly and believe in us to help us along um but uh yeah that humility embracing things instead of trying to Never let it happen, you know. Instead of trying to medicate it the wrong way, um, uh, let's see here. Yeah, I, I, um, I, for me, I have some, I have some grids, some things that I can, uh, if when they're happening to me, I, I, I it's a clue for me that oh, good, my, my heart's getting soft again. Um, when I start getting weepy all the time. Um, that doesn't mean it's the same way for everyone else, but when somebody starts talking about Jesus and I start getting really weepy, I get really thankful. I go, Oh good, good. I'm in a good place. I like this. It it helps me to know that my heart is, is getting tenderized. You know, um, one of the things that can help with a tenderized heart too is, um, fasting and um, yes, I know what the Bible says about don't tell people you're fasting, you know, wash your face and make sure it's really speaking about not bragging, you know. Um, but I will tell you all that I've been on a, a juice fast for quite a while now. And um, <clears throat> and I'm not even doing it really for all these spiritual reasons, except I'm taking that benefit with me also. You know, I'm, I've, I was doing it more for blood pressure, stuff like that. I'm still doing it. Um, but man... I'm remembering that, that fasting can make you really tender. I mean, really you hear about something. I, I I recently heard something that happened to somebody that, that really doesn't like me very much. And I got really tender hearted toward this person and, and got to, got to pray for that person, even though it's a difficult relationship, you know? Um, and I, I was like, wow, praise God for this juice fast, you know? Um, That helps, of course, worshiping the Lord, truly worshiping God, truly worshiping God. Um, And it doesn't always have to be with music. You know, worshiping is giving something to someone. That's worshiping God, blessing somebody, you know, just repeating to God what he says about nature or about himself. God, you created the heavens and the earth. You're amazing. There's no one like you. That's worship too. So worship, of course, reading the word, spending time with the, in the word with Holy Spirit, asking him to illuminate things to your heart is going to tenderize your heart. So truth, Jesus is the truth. Jesus is going to tenderize your heart. Um, and a lot of the times when we feel stuck, especially on the spot, we just need to ask him, will you help me right now? with his heart. That's why the prayer, daily prayer, tenderize and soften my heart. But sometimes it's harder than others. God, will you help me? Even if you're mad, will you help me? You could say it through gritted teeth. He could actually handle that, ladies and gentlemen. He can. He can handle it. He's really big. <laughs> He's, he operates way different than we do. Um, there was a, there was a, there was a, there was a an a pastor way back in my life that was that did some unkind things to me and um and it was very difficult it was it was painful and awful you know and um really did some awful things and um and so uh and but I was I was like ah, I'm going to be David and stay here you know and I'm I'm just going to stay in this ah and it just felt worse and worse and worse um until finally God was saying hey you you can go where your where your heart's getting fed. I'm like, oh really? Okay. <laughs> um but here's here's the deal. God said, but you need to get a tenderized heart toward toward this guy, or you're gonna have problems where you go. Next, you know. But I was mad. I was mad at God for saying that to me. I, I was. I'm I'm sorry to admit that, but I was. I was like, how did you see? I mean, did you you know? And so I, so in my bratty attitude, I actually said, okay, fine. You're going to have to help me with this. Cause I just don't know how to do it. I actually didn't expect him to answer that. But that night I had a dream about this pastor where I was taking care of him in his sick bed. It was, it was a very powerful dream and there was several details to it. But when I woke up from that dream, I had nothing but tenderness toward him. And, uh, and um, he really did it through a dream, and it caused me to pray for the guy, and I was able to move on. And, um, and that has proven over the years to produce other good fruit that's directly related to that. So, I mean, we could even with our fists clenched going, I don't know how to do this, but I feel angry, and I'm offended, and my heart is hard right now, but I, I need you to help me. I just need you to help me. He's going to help you because he wants you to have a tenderized heart. He really does. It's one of his favorite things, I believe. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, I um, let's see. Uh, okay, yeah, it's almost time to finish. I had some more things to read to you. I won't do it. But here's another great book. It's called The Table of Inwardness by Calvin Miller. And it goes into a whole chapter about your heart. It's a really, really good in fact, i I've, I just recently found this book in a stack of books in my garage and a note from my dad, who's now with Jesus, saying, Todd, this is the book I told you about, and I forgot all about it. So um but there's some really good stuff in there. Um read some things about um one of my favorite books is The Way of the Heart by Brent, um not Brendan Manning, um Henry Nowen. Henry Nowen the way of the heart. Oh my goodness, you guys. If I am stuck in a rut and I'll start reading that book, I'm just like, oh yeah, there, there it is, there it is, there it is, there it is. In fact, I keep talking about IHOP, but, um, they have a school of ministry there and that book is actually required reading for all of their students because it's so powerful about the heart. It's so good. It's so good. Um, so I just, I just really want to encourage you Daily, just confess to the Lord, tenderize and soften my heart. Talk to your heart. Talk to your whole self. You are gentle and kind and tender. And if you're at the last straw and you don't even read the Bible, go watch the live action version of Cinderella, the Disney one. That girl was kind hearted and tender hearted. It's the neatest. It's They did such a good job on that. Um, I know there's a, like 500 versions of Cinderella, but Disney's live action one. Um, just watching her heart, it it'll, it actually causes you to feel that way when the movie's done. Doesn't always have to be a spiritual thing. You know what I mean? Like a Bible verse to help you with this. But I want to pray for you right now. If we have a ministry team, I forgot to look into that. Um, come on up. Uh, yeah, Holy Spirit. We ask again and again, come tenderize and soften our hearts. All the offenses, all the crazy things we're looking at, all the things our whole society we're used to its just a part of it. But that chip chip away um, or actually build up a stony heart. All the things, God, we ask you to help us to become more aware and work on those things with you and submit these things to you, God. Help us to be able to operate in this crazy society with a tender heart on a daily basis, God. God, we want to love people like you do. We want to be kind to people like you do, God. We want to see other people like you do, even the mean ones, the ones we think are mean, or even the it just, not, there's so much brokenness out there, God. We want to see them the way you see them, God. We want to see ourself the way you see us, God. Most of all, God, we commit ourselves to just look at you, how big you are, God. Thank you for blessing us, but it's mostly about you, God. You're the blessing. You're the blessing, God. Thank you for seeing us as, as the beloved. But thank you, God, for being the almighty who sees us that way. God, it's, we just turn our gaze on you all the time. We turn our affections toward you, God. We ask you, tenderize and soften our hearts that we can do that all the more. That we can do that rightly and all the more. Oh, God, even tonight while, while this church is sleeping... Um, everybody's asleep, I ask, God, that our hearts will be awake with you. Like it talks about in Song of Solomon, I'm asleep, but my heart is awake. Instruct my heart. Dance with our hearts, God. We submit our hearts to you, Father. Thank you so much, Jesus. And, God, I ask that everyone here will have a very, very safe week um, and a very powerful week with you, a deep week with you, God, and a great sleep tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.